Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Brought to you by Cherry River Hard Seltzer. Only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocery and the Beer Store. It's the Sick Podcast. Marinero brought to you by Cherry River. Hard seltzer, only 90 calories, natural flavors, no preserves. Now available in Quebec grocery stores and at the beer store. As you all know by now, the National Hockey League has paused their season until December 25th. Teams will start practicing on the 26th of December, and they're set to resume their games on the 27th of December. Earlier today, the National Hockey League and the NHL Players Association also announced that NHLers will not be going to the Olympics and many events have been postponed that were supposed to take place in the province of Quebec, notably at Place Bell in Laval. Joining me right now, he is an infectious disease specialist at the MUHC. He's a COVID specialist, among other things. Dr. Don Vin, thank you, Doc, for doing this. Thank you, Tony, for having me. You're very, very welcome. The NHL has paused their season. They paused their season at least until the 25th of December Without being an expert, taking a look at the latest trends and the numbers going up, Doc, I have a feeling it's going to be a little bit longer than that. Yeah, I would say that December 25th is is going to be the bare minimum of, of when uh, things are going to be paused for. I, I mean, uh, certainly in Montreal, things are not going well. Across the country, things are not going well, and even in the U.S. So all the, all the cities that have a, an NHL team, uh, you know, are suffering from very poor Omicron control, and I suspect that we will be uh, pausing for a lot longer. Can you give us, you know, we hear how fast this is spreading, but you can you give me some numbers as to how fast it's spreading. Yeah, so, so you know, when you get infected with COVID, um, you know, you get re- reproduction of your, this virus in your respiratory secretions, okay? Normally, when you have the respiratory secretions, you have droplets and aerosols, okay? When you get the COVID in your airways, you have to be able to produce about 1 million virus particles per milliliter of respiratory secretions. Once you hit 1 million, you're not just dealing with droplets, you're dealing with aerosols, which can transmit a lot farther and stay in the air a lot longer. With Delta, you produce about 1 billion uh, particles. And with Omicron, you're producing about 70 times that. So somewhere between 70 billion or more. So that means that every time, if you're infected, every time you breathe out, you're just spewing out virus particles. And we know that Omicron is about three to four times more contagious than Delta. Delta is already two and a half times more contagious than the original um, COVID. So now we're talking about, you know, about tenfold or more contagious than what we had to deal with about a year ago. All right. Uh, Steve Eiserman, general manager of the Detroit Red Wings, Ryan O'Reilly, who plays for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, goalie Connor Hen- uh, Hellebuck, who plays for the Winnipeg Jets, have all come out and said, uh, you know, uh, those who are positive are not having, not experiencing more than a cold. If they don't really have any symptoms, why don't we just keep on playing? What do you say to that? Well, you have to remember two things. First of all, within the team structure, right? Uh, you can have people who are, uh, you know, infected and not have any symptoms. You can have people who are infected and have mild symptoms like a cold. But rarely, you know, once in a while, you can also have somebody who gets infected and gets life-threatening COVID where they have to be hospitalized or they go to the ICU where they have a tube breathing for them and all that kind of stuff. So 
you know, this has to this has to be considered. And we're not just talking about young, healthy people on the team. You're also talking about the rest of the crew, you know, the, 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 the managerial team, etc. The other thing is that a lot of those players also have family members, right? So now you're talking about the spread into the family or to the communities. Of course, not everybody is healthy. Some people can have immunocompromising conditions. And some of those people can get sick and have life-threatening disease. And those could be adults or those could be kids or those could be the grandparents of the, of the players. And so we have to remember that there, there's a bigger picture here than just the people sitting on the bench. How dangerous, Doc, is the Omicron variant? We heard how dangerous Delta was. And based on some reports that we got, and I don't know if they're true or not, and that's why I'm asking you to find out the truth today, we have heard we had heard that it's not as dangerous as Delta. True or false? False. We don't know. What we know so far is this. When Omicron first got discovered in South Africa, it was in an outbreak among university students. So the university students are like hockey players. Yes, you can get infected, but for the most part, you're going to be okay. But we saw what happened in the subsequent weeks. Those university students spread to other people in the community, and then South Africa's hospitalization rates went up. Same thing with hockey players, right? They may be infected and not have very much symptoms, but if they spread it to their family or to the rest of the community, again, you could see uh, cases and hospitalizations going up. The other thing is that people, people are finding out that, in fact, Omicron may be just as severe as Delta. So it's not that it's benign or mild. It could be just as bad as Delta. And, and I can tell you, I just finished being on call. We had two deaths from Delta this past weekend. So, so those are not small numbers to ignore, because if you do it on a, on a grand scale in the province or in a country, you can see that that's going to be a lot of numbers. What's the age of those who are passing away? Uh, so some of them uh, are... Uh, over 80, so 80 years old and plus. So those are the elderly people. We have had people who had life-threatening COVID over the weekend, but they were in their 40s, had to go to the ICU, get a tube into their airways. But because they're a little bit younger, we're able to save them. But just because we're able to save them doesn't mean that that ICU stay is what they had wanted. Uh, they didn't want a tube in their airways. They didn't want tubes and, and, and needles in all of them. And they're still stuck in the hospital, probably not going home for the Christmas holidays, which is not something to ignore either, right? What are some of the uh, the um, long terming last long term lasting uh, uh, effects that can come out of this? Well, I'm glad you asked that because when we go back to that hockey question about this people only having a cold, the other thing that they can develop, or that not only they but the people that they spread to can develop, is something called long COVID. Right? Where long COVID is uh, a variety of symptoms. It could be things like. You're, you have this brain fog, you're not able to think properly, or maybe it's something like you're not able to smell or taste properly. Now, you may think that's not an issue, but then you can also have more serious complications. We have people who are in their 40s and 50s who were otherwise well, who got COVID, and then they got long COVID. And now they're in long-term care facilities because they're what we call the pulmonary invalids. They can't finish their sentences because they're so short of breath from the scarring in their lungs. They need to be on, on supplemental oxygen. Their hearts are not what they were before they were before they had COVID. They're not able to walk upstairs. Their hearts just can't beat enough for them to be able to walk to the bathroom properly. And these are 40 to 50 year olds who otherwise were well and now are in long-term care facilities. So I think that we have to take long COVID more seriously as well. Of course, our healthcare officials are telling us that it's very important that we all get our boosters, but there are a school of people who say, who will say, um, it's obvious that the vaccine didn't work the way people hoped it, it would have worked. Um, do you understand that point? Completely. Completely. I, I'm going to be honest with you. We, we, we very clearly remember hearing that two doses were going to be the way out of this pandemic. 
okay? Uh, but unfortunately, the virus hasn't played well with us, and it's doing its own thing. And what we have found out when you have Delta or Omicron is now two doses is not going to be sufficient enough to protect you. So that's why we, we have very good data based on ongoing science, because it's the science that's guiding us here, right? It's telling us that you need that third dose to be able to get your antibody levels boosted so that you can get better protection against Delta and better protection against Omicron. Now, they're giving half doses right now for the, the booster shot, and they're also giving full doses. Um, I would imagine the full dose is better, and why would you take the half when you can take the full? Well, yeah, there are different doses that are available for both the Pfizer and the Moderna, whether they are your, what we call the prime or the, the, the boost. Um, it depends a little bit on certain situations. So we know, for example, if you previously had COVID uh, and then you got vaccinated, you don't need the full dose. Um, uh, because otherwise, uh, you know, some people can have a bit of a more of a reaction. So to be honest with you, it, it's not the major uh, drive right now as to, well, I want the full dose or the, or the mini dose, because in the short term, which is what we're talking about now, because we, I, you know, we hope that Omicron is going to be a short term problem. What you need to do is get a third dose. If you get the half dose, you bring up your levels to about, you know, 25 to 30 percent high. Uh, times higher than what it was before that dose and if you get the the, the 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 instead of the mini dose the full dose well then you can go all the way up to like 60 to 80 times higher um but again it's not i want as much as possible you just need you know to fill up the tank whether you are at the f or more than f is not going to make a big difference in the short term you probably don't have the answer to this but i'm going to ask it anyway the commissioner of the nba said covid isn't going away so we're going to have to learn to live with it is COVID going to go away, in your opinion? Um, well, it depends on how you look at it, right? Um, will the virus eventually disappear off the face of the planet like the first SARS many years ago? Um, the answer is probably not. Uh, but what's going to happen is that instead of having these variants that cause the surge in not only the community cases, but also in the hospitalizations, what we're hoping to eventually be able to do with, with enough uh, vaccine-induced immunity in a population is that you produce dead ends. So that if there are variants that pop up, and they probably will pop up every you know winter season or so, we will be protected enough that the transmission in the community won't be too steep, and the hospitalizations will not be significantly affected. So that means that we will still be able to provide care for all the other medical conditions. You know, but is it going to go off the face of the planet? No. On the other hand, it doesn't mean that we just give up and just let it run rampant because we see what happens when it runs rampant. We know that we've had too many deaths that could have been prevented uh, had we been a little bit uh, you know, uh, more prepared for some, for some of the previous waves. But, Doc, I would say that there are maybe three schools of people right now. I'd love to have your opinion on this, right? There are those who are pro-vaccine. I believe in vaccines. I'll take it and stuff like that. There are those who are in that category. There are those who are in the category of, I don't believe in vaccines because there's some side effect that can come out of it. And there's that category who probably says, uh, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but, um, you know, I can do what I want with my body and uh, I don't have to take it just because someone's telling me to take it. If that holds true and we continue to go on in that regard and those who took a first probably took a second, those who took a second probably took a third. Those who didn't take it, didn't take it. And those who were on the fence probably are somewhere, right? If we continue in that regard, how is this ever going to go away? Well, it won't. It won't. So there's two things, right? First of all, those people who said, well, I've got my two doses. You told me that two doses was going to be enough and I'm sticking to that byline. I'm not going with any more doses. I, I hear what those people are saying. But 
come with me to the hospital and I'll show you the people who got two doses. They're in the hospital. Many of them, in fact, all of them don't want to be there. Some of them don't know they're in the hospital because they're the intensive care unit on sedation and intubated and getting uh, what we call pressures to keep their blood pressure up. So two doses are not going to be enough. And and, and for those people who are waffling, on uh, sitting on the fence saying, I'm not sure if I should get a, two do a third dose because I already got two, get that third dose. Because if you don't, you're not going to protect yourself. And if you can't protect yourself and the people around you aren't going to be able to protect themselves because they're not into getting a third dose, you're going to find yourselves in the hospital. And that's one way to end the pandemic. But that's not the way we want people. To, we want to end the pandemic. We don't want to end the pandemic by having people get infected and die. We want to end the pandemic by people by keeping people alive. A shout out to sportshop.com uh, for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and our sick merchandise. Use code 615 for 15% off on all of their items. Any player, any team, any league, you can order your jerseys, of course. All right, okay. Um, how about uh, those who are now not vaccinated and in the hospital? Yeah, I mean, those are very tragic cases. We see them, and I can tell you that they all regret uh, you know, not being vaccinated. Um, but for those who are not in the hospital, who are not vaccinated, it's not too late. It's never too late. Get your first dose. Once you get your your first, like you said, then then get your second, and get your third um, when when your time is eligible. Because if you don't, you don't want to find yourself playing Russian roulette with your own health and finding yourself in that hospital bed. Because you may say, well, it's it's one in a thousand people who get hospitalized. But if you're that one, you don't really care about the 999 other people because you're the one who's there and you're going to be there for, you know, a, quite a few weeks. So 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 avoid it. Avoid it just getting that, that, that shot. Initially, we heard that once you had your first two vaccines, uh, you probably still had some effectiveness up to six months after you took your second shot. Now there's some provinces who are opening up the booster shot even to 18 years of age. So even before six months. Not so sure if the six-month thing was put out there because of uh, the timeline in terms of having to get the booster out, uh, but if it opens up and you had your second vaccine four months ago, four and a half months ago, can you get your third shot even after four months since you had your second? You should be able to get your third shot. Obviously, it depends on different provinces have different regulations. But let me explain to you a little bit why that is about this six-month, uh, three-month thing, okay? Because people say, well, look, the science is flip-flopping. It's not flip-flopping. When you get your vaccines, your first two doses, your, your antibody levels go up because that's what they're supposed to do, and then they will eventually go down because that is what they're supposed to do. The problem is that when they go down, usually the microbial threat is gone. However, as you know, we've been dealing for this for the last two years. Uh, you don't normally deal with an infection for two years. So as the normal process of the antibody levels in your blood going down continue to go down, you have these very transmissible variants that are circulating or emerging and circulating. You are now susceptible. You're weakened. You're exposed. And that's why we need that booster dose. If we're able to get Omicron or whatever transmissible variant under control so there isn't anything circulating, then it doesn't really matter if your antibody levels go down. But we're not in that situation. What we're in is in a situation where you have such a transmissible variant emerging as your antibody levels go down, whether it's a three months, four months, or fifth month, or six months, it doesn't matter. And because you have that uh, contagious variant and your levels are going down, you need to start filling the tank right back up. Dr. Vin, uh, some great uh, explanations today, but pardon me, but I, I like I've seen without being an expert, like I've seen this movie before. Right. It's been going on now 
for a couple of years and the numbers go down in the summer and they start going up probably three or four weeks before Christmas. My question to you is, couldn't we have handled this a little bit better? I, I agree with you, Tony. This is a big Groundhog Day, right? We've seen this before. How come we are seeing this over and over again? And part of it is because of the, the measures that are that are allowed or put in place. Um, we knew about uh, mid-October that uh, that there, um, the antibodies from the from the vaccines were starting to go down, and we were already dealing with Delta at that time, right? And then we we said, you know, there were different uh, thoughts of, of what should, should we continue with the vaccination in the third dose? Should we continue with public health measures? And obviously, at the end of the day, it's the government that decides that. Unfortunately, uh, you know, some of the measures uh, allowed uh, more propagation of the virus. And then you add on top of that Omicron, and then really it was a perfect storm uh, and, and it could have been avoided. All right. OK, so now knowing everything that we know, uh, the National Hockey League, they're set to go to 50 percent capacity in some arenas when they come back. Uh, people are wondering about no fans in the stands. Last year, we know that they played in a bubble since we've seen this movie before. And last year, they ended up playing in a bubble for a while. Is the same thing not going to happen this year? Tony, I would ask myself the exact same question. What, what happened last year worked last year, right? I mean, we were able to get a hockey season. We were able to, to minimize the number of you know, hockey teams that got infected. It didn't lead to any major outbreaks in, in, in the communities. So you have to ask yourself, are you going to use the same playbook here? And the answer is, why not? Because the, the alternative is to allow people to gather in, into uh, forums or into, into hockey centers and stadiums. And that may just lead to more propagation, which will in turn will actually just burn and ruin the hockey season. right? So, so we may have to accept the fact that what we did last year, as unpleasant and as abnormal as that was, it worked. We may have to use that same strategy again now. In ending, if I would ask you, what is everything my family could do? What are the most important things to avoid? Um, catching COVID, I, I guess the right answer would be stay home and not have contact with anybody. But should we or others go out, run errands here and there? What are the things that we can do? Well, obviously, we have to run certain errands, right? You need to go get food. You need to go get gas. You need to go get your medications. All of those things are necessary. And you know what? You even need to have some sort of social activities, like going out and looking at things in the stores and window shopping and that kind of stuff. But if you're going to be around other people, um, and if you have access to rapid tests, get do yourself a rapid test before you go out. If it's positive, don't go out. You may be contagious. If you're going to go out and your test is negative, wear a good mask. N none of this underwear on your face stuff, okay? That doesn't work anymore. And the good one or the blue ones, is that correct? Not even. We know that the blue ones, there's actually three different categories. And okay. If basic category, which is level one, that doesn't work anymore for, for Delta or, or Omicron, even the level two one. You need at least a level three or the next higher up, which is called the N95 or the equivalence of the N95, especially if you're going to be around other people in a closed space. The other thing, of course, is you can try to avoid closed spaces either by ventilating them, opening windows or having HEPA filters, whether that be in your house or, you know, in, in, in schools or at work or that kind of stuff if you have to go into work. But these are the measures that are going to be necessary to try and prevent yourself from getting infected. And if you can do that, you can not only prevent yourself from getting sick, you can prevent yourself from spreading it to others. OK, so air purifiers, if I have someone come to my home in the next couple of days and they're uh, they're a carrier. And they're talking and some of these droplets come out that you just talked about. 
if I have an air purifier in my home, a HEPA filter, a very, very good one, it can kill that virus? Yeah, so it depends on the filter. So I just want to clarify, it's not going to be droplets. It's going to be by aerosols, which is even worse because it actually just lingers in the air, right? And yeah. that's that's the major problem here. So what you want to do is try to open your windows, even if it's a crack open, and across the room, the other ones, or across the house to create a, a current. Try to use vents like your bathroom vent or your kitchen vents. Keep them running because they suck air out of the room and out of the house and blow it outside. And yes, HEPA filters, depending on the filter on the on the, the device, the HEPA filter can either capture uh, those respiratory secretions uh, in the in the filtering devices so that they don't go back into the room. So it basically filters it out. And some of them will even uh, have additional measures that will kill it. But even if you just filter. That's fantastic because then you are essentially purifying or clearing your air. How about if I go to a gas station, I touch a gas pump, I touch something, I touch somebody. We, you know, we've been told to wash our hands with soap, uh, wash them thoroughly and stuff like that. Is it transmissible this way as well? Great question. The answer is no. There is no evidence right now that uh, COVID is spread through what we call inanimate objects, whether it's the gas pump or the grocery bag or that kind of stuff. Listen, there still, however, are other cold viruses circulating, okay? And potentially maybe flu will come around. And we know that washing your hands will be helpful against those. So you should continue to do it before the right reasons, which is to protect you against the other respiratory viruses. But for COVID, you need a different strategy, which is you protect your airway with aerosol filtering masks. Doc, thanks so much for clearing the air, uh, pardon the pun, uh, and for educating so many people. And thank you for your time. We know how busy you are. Uh, let's cross our fingers and, and hope that our hospitals do not get inundated and hope that as many people stay as safe and sound as possible, not only throughout the holiday season, but all of 2022 as well. Wishing you all the best, Dr. Vin. Thank you very much. Thank you for, for this opportunity, Tony. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on The Sick Podcast. I'm Marinero. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Cherry River Hard Seltzer. Only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocers and The Beer Store. And Johnny Bootlegger's Whiskey Old Fashioned is both refreshing and authentic to the classic cocktail. Available now at Saks near you.